You're listening to On the Road Again, a road trip through the Bible, with Todd Selow and Zach Bechtel. Now let's hit the road. I just can't wait to get on the road again. Life I love is making music with my friends. And I can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome everyone to the On the Road Again podcast. Glad to have Zach here and just the two of us today. Just remember that show, just the 10 of us? <laughs> we were just talking about children and that show Eight is Enough with Dick Van Patten back in, I think, the 70s. Just the 10 of us was much newer. Right, right. It's all good stuff, though. I mean, it's... Yeah. Somebody thought, hey, it's a really good idea. What if we have way too many kids? And then what? I guess it started with the Brady Bunch, right? The Brady Bunch, right. Uh, well, we can't do six. We've got to do more than that. <laughs> yeah. So then they went to eight, and then they went to ten. That's right. That's right. There's, there was a show called The State, um, one of my favorite kind of variety shows. And they, had, they did a little skit about, like, just the 190,000 of us or something like that, where they had all these, all these kids, you know, in their house. And they're like, right. all the Timmies. Three of the Sallies just fell down a well. <laughs> well, we have that now, right? With all the freaking reality shows about, yeah, you know, big families and yeah. that's true. That's yeah. true. It, it went to, real. to reality shows. <laughs> that's right. It's people that take that stuff seriously. Which that's an interesting reality shows is an interesting are an interesting thing because we really I feel like we really I talked about this on on Sunday we we really crave reality and we crave what's true and it's in our nature to want to be who we really are to be our authentic self and to discover what our authentic self is but um we also are programmed to kind of try to tell people things that they want to hear or make people Mm -hmm. think certain things about us or brand ourselves a certain way or or whatever and so um yeah yeah oh dude i eat reality shows that man i love them (laughs) you love them what's your favorite what's some of your favorite reality shows Man, the one that the one that grabbed me this this last year, the beginning of the pandemic, I guess. Um, I think it was uh, it was on Netflix. I think it's Love at First Sight. It's where okay. where they don't see each other, right? They're in different oh, rooms, oh, but they yeah. talk through the wall. Yeah. Uh, and and they they yeah they don't interact until they decide to date, uh, and then they see each other. I mean, it's a I, I don't know the, the anthropology, the social, everything <laughs> behind it. I love it, right? <laughs> Because yeah. it's that very same thing of like, we're going to tell you the things you want to hear. And right. then, you know, the real stuff comes out. And reality, reality shows show. have become, right, like, like they, they were about reality. And we crave it because it's reality. Or we want to convince ourselves it's reality. But we, uh, we had a friend that was on a reality show in Nashville about, you know, like Nashville musicians trying to make it. And we were there while they were filming. We were actually, jo- Johnny, Chris, and I were on one, one of those. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I forget what Crazy Hearts it was called, which is not like the movie at all, which is a great <laughs> movie. The show is, I, I won't say it's garbage, but <laughs> but I won't not say it. <laughs> but I won't not say it. <laughs> um, I mean, I watched it, but, um, you know, but we know, like, we know this girl really well that was in it. Like, she's a good friend of ours, and um, the, the way that they portrayed her and the way that that everything kind of went down it was far from reality i mean there was like so much direction and so much you know mm-hmm. trying to create stories that weren't there or create drama or i mean obviously like this stuff like who lives like this 
Like, right. like there's no way. Maybe the Kardashians. Maybe that's the appeal, <laughs> right, to that show. Because maybe that's actually real. Like, it's believable. Right. But I love, I love the Kardashians. That's <laughs> Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. I watched oh, every I remember that. Yeah. That. Two seasons. How that went on for two seasons, I'll never know. But I'm sure glad it did. Life changing. <laughs> life changing yeah <laughs> i love it i don't know i just i just finished one called labor of love and it's it's this woman who's uh 41 or so and she wants to she wants to have a baby that's the whole purpose oh. right it's like let's skip the dating and let's have a baby uh oh, and the whole time married. i was watching it yeah i was like i'm just oh. fascinated by this because one i want to know like the the what makes you get there yeah you know what yeah. what makes yeah. you get to that point where it's just like just put a baby in me, you know? Uh, and then just everything that goes along with that. Cause I, you know, I've got a bunch of kids. Uh, <laughs> that stuff's hard yeah. mentally, you know, and, and just work. I, I don't know. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. No, all that stuff is super interesting. It started with the real world. Did you ever watch that? Or is that a little before your time? Oh, so into the real world. Uh, and just the train wreck. <laughs> and Puck. Do you remember Puck? Like he was like the greatest character on real world of all yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I blame him for all the way reality shows have kind of taken off 100 percent, right because it was just like oh this sells right like, <laughs> this wow. is what people want to see this guy's eating peanut butter out of the jar with his fingers at a, a, a house that they share like what if we made this happen right <laughs> yep I, I like the ones I really like. Like I don't watch too much of the smut, the smut. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I mean, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Rock of Love. Um, <laughs> but like I love Survivor, and I love um, what's up? Big Brother. Mm -hmm. Like I love those shows because they're very. And we we'll talk about this in one of these podcasts coming up because you know, um, truth and reality is right. always a, a big thing. But. Um, like there's like the new game show you know like like those kind of reality game shows are like real game shows and and so like i watch i watch some stuff on on twitch that a couple of the old survivor characters do and they'll they'll watch a show they'll watch like their their season and they'll talk about like what was happening it's just so interesting about what I happens on boats and what happens like behind the scenes and like mm -hmm. all that stuff yeah, we used to be big into Survivor. That was our, uh, you know, Thursday night television when we got married, man. It was every Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we did. Or whatever day it came I, on. Yeah. They, they put it on after the Super Bowl, season two. So yep. I didn't watch season one until, you know, somewhat recently, actually. Right. But um, season two started right after the Super Bowl. And I was at a Super Bowl party and it was just on. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, hanging out and... I just got like mesmerized. It was actually the Super Bowl where where the wardrobe malfunction happened. Oh right, I, I remember that was that same Super Bowl because because <laughs> when it happened, I was like, whoa! Like, did you see that? Was that on purpose? Like, I saw it happen, and then we were talking about it, and then it became right this huge this mm -hmm. huge deal, right? Like after, right. and so I really rem I remember that Super Bowl very very well. Yeah, and then it got me hooked on Survivor. So. Right. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're going to talk about the reality of the of the Ten Commandments uh, to today, and I I, I got some good feedback from from a, a friend of mine who who said that sometimes she doesn't understand what's happening in these stories, and so we should give a little bit more background. So if anybody oh, cool. else has feedback, 
um, that's very helpful to us because we talk about and study this stuff and preach about this stuff, you know, all the time. And so I don't always think to give um, enough background story, uh, especially because like for some reason, when I preach about it, I assume everybody has been there the last, you know, seven weeks or whatever, mm -hmm. I guess, right. whatever week we're in now. And and that's not true either. So I need to, to kind of refresh the story and get in the habit of refreshing the story yeah. every time. I, I had a friend of mine uh, remind me of that week, that, that this week yesterday, in fact, about a sermon that I preached. He's like, hey, did you know uh, every now and then you throw some insider language out there like, hey, you know this story. Maybe they don't, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and that's a that's a good reminder for us that have to Absolutely. stand up and do this each week or do the podcast or, or whatever to remember that not everybody's heard this story. Uh, well, and, and even to remind ourselves, because sometimes we right. get caught in the in the in the present instead of looking at the context, not just the context of the story. We talk about a lot of about the context of the story we're in. But right. We don't always talk about the context of the big story, the big picture story. Yeah, and what's leading in into Bible, it. Yep. So that's going to be more and more important, you yeah. know, as we go. And so we can make a point like, like last week on Shameless or whatever, you know, how they, how they, <laughs> and they, on Shameless, they always act like they don't want to like tell you like what happened. They begrudgingly give right. highlights. Right. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, so what's happening is, is right now um, in, in the story, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt and they, Moses, um, Moses and Aaron came and freed them, but they had to, like, God made a bunch of plagues go on to Egypt, and so they were set free because of all the plagues, and then Pharaoh and, and Pharaoh's armies came after them, you know, the, the big, you know, Charlton Heston split the, the Red Sea, and they, you know, they went, they went through it, and um, all, all of the Israelites were wandering around in the desert uh, for a long time, and they're still wandering around in the desert right now. And so, as you can imagine, like the, the numbers, the numbers aren't really accurate exactly. Um, I mean, they, they can be, but they didn't tell, use the numbers in, the, in these, especially older stories, to be accurate. Like they weren't counting the people, like, like the guy at the door at the club, you know, is counting how many people are. It's going to look clicker going, in his hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aaron wasn't like, Aaron's like, oh, I got to count all the people. Um, He's just stopping guys. I'm like, nah, we got to have some girls in here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, see, we could do a, a new Ten Commandments movie. That's right. <laughs> um, so... You know, but but they said like six hundred thousand, right? Six hundred thousand men, and then mm -hmm. when you add more, we're talking about over a million people. And right. so it, we're talking about just a lot of people. You know, they didn't. It wasn't exactly six hundred thousand, probably, because that would be amazing if there's exactly six hundred thousand men. <laughs> right. But, um. But the point is, there was like a ton, a ton of people, and so when you have that many people wandering around, you need some law and order. Mm -hmm. You know, and you need some rules, and rules become very, very important. So that this is this is uh, why I think that Christianity is presented to us when we're little as very rule based and rule oriented because when we're younger we kind of need rules and we need things to be more black and white maybe and we need to know what we're allowed to do what we're not supposed to do mm. and and this becomes kind of a basis of our of our faith and and you know a lot of people like to put the 10 commandments up at courthouses and different things and it's a it's a big it's a big deal but when we really get into what the Ten Commandments are about, I think it becomes a little uh, 
trickier. Um, and our, our feet get, our toes get stepped on a little bit more. And we see some, some guilt that they, these aren't commandments for other people, but these apply to us, you know, as well. So do you want to, do you want to read the, the beginning of it? Yeah. I don't know the first like seven verses or something. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, so I'm reading out a, a Deuteronomy chapter five. Um, I'm going to read, uh, we'll start at one. I'll see how far I get. Uh, Moses called out to the Israel, to all Israel, saying to them, Israel, listen to the regulations and the case laws that I'm recounting in your hearing right now. Learn them and carefully do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Mount Horeb. Uh, those words are fun. Uh, the Lord didn't make this covenant with our ancestors, but with us, all of us who are here and alive right now. The Lord spoke with you face to face on the mountain from the very fire itself. At that time, I was standing between the Lord and you declaring to you the Lord's word because you were terrified of the fire and didn't go up the mountain. Um, I'll do verses six and seven. Uh, the Lord said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You must have no other gods before me. All right. <clears throat> what sticks out to you about that zach uh so much in this translation right uh so i'm yeah. reading out of the common english bible which is fairly new in the last what 10 years or so i guess um i it just start like you said it starts out with so much of that here here are the laws and the rules and regulations uh for you right now for this group of people um and it's very clear to say hey this isn't our ancestors law this is our law here now in, in exile, right? As we're moving forward. Um, and to put it very, uh, Moses puts it very clearly and plainly. Here it is. Here yeah. is the law. Here are the regulations. And for me, I, I struggle with that because I'm not a big fan of, of, of rules. Um, yeah. I like to know them well enough to, to bend them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and so kind of deep down, I, I have the, almost a visceral reaction of like, mm, don't tell me what to do. But, but yeah. you're right in leading into this, they needed that because they're coming out of, of slavery where it was very oppressive and it was, you only do these things. And so it's like, it's like sending a kid off to college, uh, you know, and they're away from their parents for the first time. They're like, I don't got to do nothing. You know, yeah. there's no yeah. rules. Yeah. And, and it seems like these are, these 10 commandments bring people back into the focus of here's, here's what's going on. And, yeah. and we hear that very first one, you're out of, uh, you're coming out of slavery and have no other gods before me. Yeah. And that's, that's a, I think that's an important, it's an important rule. It's important that he says, this is for us. This isn't because it's very easy to say, oh, that was for the, our ancestors. Like we even do it now. Like when we read the Bible, we're like, uh, well, contextually. Right. right. I don't like that one. So that's for them. Things have changed or mm -hmm. whatever. And we can pass things off, which, which I think sometimes, you know, there's, there's truth in that, but, mm -hmm. um, not all the time. And then we can't use that as a, oh, well, that was a long time ago, mm -hmm. you know? Um, excuse and but but so so Moses is heading that off at the pass right right the Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain out of the fire you know you were too afraid to go up so I went and got this for you like mm -hmm. remember like he's re reiterating the story 
but it's it's like so important that they know it's for them mm-hmm. you know these are these are commandments for for them right and and then um the other thing is that he reminds them i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of slavery so remember <laughs> you know I did this thing for you. Now I need you guys to do these these ten things for me. Right. You know? Right. And it's interesting that there's ten plagues and ten um, commandments. You know, maybe there's some kind of connection there. Huh. Maybe um, I've never I've never put those pieces together. Me either. Me either. But it, I think you're right. I think it's very significant, and I think that's something that we forget often is. Like I said, the, the Charlton Heston scene where he comes down and he's got the tablets, right? Or all the paintings you've ever seen of this. Um, that I am the Lord your God, I brought you out of slavery. I don't, I think we forget that part. Um, I think it's just, hey, they wandered around for a little bit. They got these Ten Commandments. They built a calf and, and here we go, right? Um, but I, I think that connection is, here's why you're getting this. Uh, you've, you've got this You've, you have this freedom. Uh, I've, I've brought you out of this oppression and now here's what I need from you. Well, and and just just to keep them safe, right? You need right. these rules. Um, right. I mean, the first one is is almost directly related to that golden calf situation. Exactly. Because, you know, he's like, okay, because God can't be telling, okay, we need to go and do this, you know? And then they're like, uh, well, I respect, I respect your opinion, God, but... Mm-hmm. The golden calf told us <laughs> <laughs> right do this other thing and 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 people and people do this with the bible and and with with god all the time right is that they they read the parts that tell them what they want to hear mm-hmm. um shane claiborne always says that that you know god made humans in, in god's own image and now we repay the favor and we create god in our in our mm-hmm. image you know and so if we want something god must want it and we turn it around and it's a temptation everybody falls into. And it's something that we all have to be aware of, I think. And, and so God tries to head that off at the beginning, too. Like, don't have any gods before me, right. including yourself, including, you know, anything. Like, what, I have to be first. And, and that, that holds true with us today, right? Like, if, if, we, if we're looking to, to God first, then we're going to have a direction from a being that is all right, all knowing, um, infinite being that that can guide us and that helps us understand things that we don't understand. And so it's just smart. It's smart and it's practical in this situation, but also in our lives mm-hmm. uh, to, to look for something that's greater than us to guide us because that's, that's a person that, <laughs> or a being, right? Not a person, but a being that can, that can, that can guide us because it knows more than us. Right, and it, and it can do more than, than than us, and and I think that that's uh, especially in this situation, it's very important. But really, in our day to day lives, if, if we're looking for what's real and what's right, listening to the voice of God is going to tell us a lot more than what our personal preferences are. Right. Well, and 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 this is certainly something that not only throughout the Hebrew Bible, but into the New Testament and in our lives today, like you said, we struggle with this still. Um, anytime the Hebrew people get in trouble, it often starts here with them getting into a situation where God's not, they're not looking at God anymore. They're looking at somebody else's gods. They're looking at, you know, anything else but God and looking to anything else but God. And, and 
it's just something they struggle with and it's something we struggle with. Um, I just don't think we're as willing to name it as other gods, right? Yeah. Other idols, other things like that. Uh, yeah. We we don't want to feel icky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, our, it's our comfort or our, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And there's a fine line, you know, between, right, self-care and, and right. getting out of your comfort zone. And there's, you know, as the great theologian Kenny Rogers told us, there's, a, you know, we have to know when to hold them and know when to right. hold them. Like, like you have to know, you have to know when you need to take care of yourself and then you need to know when you're, when you're really just doing what's comfortable and then your comfort becomes an idol or your, you know, your worldview becomes your, your idol and you don't want to change that or, or you don't think anything different. Right. Uh, Let's, let's go on and get the rest of this. So that's the first commandment and we, um, verse eight, you shall not make for yourself an idol whether in the form of anything that's in the heaven above or that's on the earth beneath or that's in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who miss uses his name we'll stop there for a second yeah yeah because because eight through um i guess 10 right are just kind of a continuation of here's how you don't make idols right here's here's how you put put me first and and it and it doesn't i i like that specification uh even to the third and fourth generations right keep going this is a thing that we pass down and yeah true right it's it's because they're going to be wandering for a long time and so god needs to tell him like look like you you need to this is the most important commandments the first commandment and this has to come first because without me having authority none of these other commandments are going to matter you know if 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 i don't keep my authority in your life then right. none of none of the rest of this makes any difference. So you have to pass this one down. It's so important. And and he says in return, God says in return, but showing um, steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. Right. So he he says that he he punishes he punishes people to the third and fourth generations, but he loves to the thousandth generation. <laughs> like I like right. that. I like that image of 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 God that like that's God's deal is is God's willing to do way more um, mm-hmm. than what God asks us to do right and that's that's good leadership right right yeah yeah and I I, I dig that because we we fall into that a little bit as pastors I, I know you've heard it you know somebody coming up and and oh my my kids my grandkids they won't come to church what are you gonna what are you gonna do about it and it's like well yeah here's the thing. What are you going to do about it? You know, how are you helping invest in that relationship? And, and uh, how are you helping further that on? Uh, because I, I think it's clear here. It, it, it's something we do as parents as that we do as friends, you know, and, and we pass that love of God down. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like God puts that responsibility on us. Don't, don't come looking at me, right? To, to make this happen, it's the responsibilities on you to pass it down through the generations and to show yeah. what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I, I like that. He puts in, and, and that personal responsibility is an important, an important thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and then and then in verse 11 he says god says you shall not make wrongful use of the name of the lord your god for the lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name right take taking the lord's name in vain right like that's the that's uh big one i was i was i was told i mean I don't, i'm sure not like from from the the pastor of the church i hope mm-hmm. but like maybe a youth director or one of the youth or something that you know taking the lord's name the lord's name in vain was saying you know god damn it mm-hmm. like that 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 was the that was the thing you weren't allowed to do that and there's a whole commandment about this English phrase, like, well, there's only 10 commands. So one-tenth of the commandments are about this English phrase, a language that wasn't even invented yet. Right. Right. <laughs> like, like it's, it, it's, it's absurd, but I get that. I get it because I wish it was just about that. Cause I could just not say that. Yeah, That would be really easy, but this is, man, this is what I think. This is the commandment I think that we're most guilty of mm-hmm. uh, in, in the United States, um, in, in our culture, in our society, in my life. And, and all I know is what I see and all mm-hmm. I know is what I experience. And so I don't know what it's like in, in other places, but I know what it's like here. And man, um, people love this one. Like mm-hmm. I, I, and, and I don't wanna talk about other people. I, like I love this one too, you know, um, because it's so easy to like i would just mention before to take god to take what you want and say well that's what god wants mm-hmm. and so then oh well now you can't argue with me about it take it up with god <laughs> right <laughs> and, and that totally totally takes away our responsibility for our own opinions for our own mm-hmm. thoughts for our own like we don't have to defend it if that's what god wants you know and and i hear it all the time well, i'm going to take god's side on this like uh, are you sure? Are you sure that's God's side? Right. You know? Um, yeah. And, and I'm with you. This is, this is probably my favorite. <laughs> it's one of my favorite commandments, but it's, it's probably my favorite piece of misused scripture period. Uh, Cause you're right. It, it's, that's all I ever learned was, well, you, you don't, you don't say these things, you know? And it's right. like, well, or you don't cuss. Yeah, you don't cuss. You don't do this. And it's like, I think it's a lot more than that. Uh, I think God would have uh, a whole lot more to say about our actions and how we have conquered and destroyed and and misused our, our power in the church in the name of God rather than the language we use, right? Uh, and, and have just simply misused people uh all in the name of god right uh we're gonna do this and that's what god wants right um really <laughs> do you think so uh and and it's maintain power right i mean you look at i and, and you're you're spot on i'm i'm with you i can't speak for anybody else's experience but my experience of american christianity has been that uh, we're going to use this for power, for privilege, and to get what we want, all in the name of God, regardless of what everything else surrounds it says. Yeah, and it's, 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 it can be abusive, and it can be, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's something we need to look out for. It's something we need to look out for in ourselves. It's something we need to look out for. Uh, you know, we, we, and we use the opposite, right? The devil made me do it. Um, 
which is the same like just shirking our responsibility and instead of instead of saying okay like i made this choice this is this is what resonates with me this is what seems right this is my truth this is my you know this is how i see things i think we have to start taking more responsibility for for ourselves and our own beliefs and how we're living those out um and be proud of those and stand up for those but also be willing to be wrong and and it doesn't mean god's wrong just because we're wrong or if we have an idea about god and then we grow and we learn okay that was part of an idea or i was completely wrong about that like that's got to be okay it doesn't mean god's wrong it means we're wrong mm -hmm. and 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 that's okay and we and we've read in previous weeks we've read about god right changing god's mind and um right so 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 we have these this these ideas that that there isn't just this thing and we have to just stick with it yeah. um, and, and not be willing to change or grow. When I went to seminary, man, I like, I, I learned so much stuff that I was told was absolutely wrong. And it, it doesn't mean it's not wrong, but it doesn't mean that, that it is like, I had no thought or no ownership of that mm -hmm. before. And, and so I'm learning these things that um, a lot of it, I thought, Oh, I kind of questioned, but I was told right not to question. Right. And, and I think that that's, man, that we, we, no wonder people walk away from this idea of, of Christianity and their faith when, when we're told it's like this one thing that mm -hmm. we believe when we're five and we have to have that same belief, you know, when we're 35, um, right. that's very difficult. That's a very yeah. difficult thing to, to buy into. And having faith like a child is a different thing than believing the exact same way as you did, right? Mm -hmm. Paul even talks about that. Like, right. You know, I was a child, I, I ate and drank like a child, like out of a bottle, and then now I eat meat. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so things change and we grow and we, yeah. uh, and we, we make progress, but that doesn't mean that we can't, we can't look at things, right, like childlike with, with like, without judgment, with truth, with honesty, with right mm -hmm. vulnerability mm -hmm. and there, there's many childlike aspects that we can learn from and getting in touch with our inner child um i know as an eight on the enneagram that's what i'm supposed to do is get in touch with my inner child and and i'm working on that yeah but and so so i love that i love that image but that doesn't mean that we can't learn new things and adapt to new things and when we stop doing that is when i think we kind of start to die oh absolutely and that's you know i go back and look at youth lessons or sermons or whatever that I wrote 15, 10 years ago, five years ago. And my, my hope is always, man, I hope I grew. I hope I'm not preaching the exact same thing because there's something wrong. Uh, not that, not that my, what I was, my belief or what I thought about that was, was wrong uh, or wasn't right, but it's, how have I grown to preach it differently or better or in a way that's easy or how, how was I wrong? You know, I, I've looked back at stuff that I taught kids and I think, Oh, I messed up. You know, uh, I taught something poor, uh, poorly, you know, that I didn't understand or I understand completely different today because I, because I grew, you know, I, I made room to say, Hey, what is this all about? And, uh, Yeah. And, and I think part of that not taking the Lord's name in vain is making that space, right? To grow and to learn and uh, to admit, hey, you know what? I mean, maybe I missed the boat on that. Uh, and here's, my, here's how my experience has informed by what I believe now, right? Yeah. Um, whether it strengthened it or completely changed my thought of it.
And and if God is all, if God is bigger than us, you know, if we assume God is bigger than us, and we assume that God understands more than us, and we assume it's always going to be that way. Mm-hmm. And as you know, Methodists call it sanctifying grace, mm-hmm. right? Sanctification. Sanctify. That's a good. That's a good. Good word. <laughs> <laughs> to use when you're reaching. Um, and it, but that, man, that idea is that we're always, John Wesley said, striving toward perfection, mm-hmm. you know, not achieving it, but striving toward it, which means we're growing, which means we're learning, which means we're, we're changing and we're mm-hmm. adapting to things. And, and, you know, there's stories about, about Jesus and people have different ideas about this, but with the Syrophoenician woman, mm-hmm. one of my favorite stories, because I feel like Jesus grew and, and it helps me relate to Jesus. At least yep. Jesus gave the appearance of growth. Right. You know, who knows what actually happened um, right. with his growth pattern. Like, I'm not, <laughs> not going to speak to that. But it seems like he grew. The story, you know, goes that it seems like he grew. And that helps me relate to Jesus and helps me grow and see things. Because sometimes we just have an immature understanding of something. Or sometimes we have an incomplete understanding of something. Sometimes we were spot on and we've overcomplicated things. Um, right. As I, as I'm, you know, I'm 44 now, as I'm getting to the second half of my life, I'm starting to look back on things and look at all the things I've overcomplicated, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I can look back, right? And God can lead me back to, to, to be more simple, mm-hmm. you know? But what if we actually went out two by two to other towns? Right. Like, what if we literally did some of this stuff, right? What if we, um, I, I forget some of the other things, but I, like, I, you know, I've, I've actually done some of these things and, and it's, it's very strange. My second Shane Claiborne reference, but he always says, what if Jesus actually meant this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. like, what if we just actually literally just did the things? Not that that's all it means. I think there's more depth and more beauty to it than just like the surface level. But what if we just actually did the surface level stuff? What if somebody asked us to go one mile with them and we went to, what if we literally just did that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, like, like there's, there's, there's so many things that I think we can just, just learn from. And I've had great experiences just literally doing the things that are in the Bible. Right. And, and I'm not, I don't take things super literally, but. Right. Well, and I, and I think that's when you work on a literal level too. You know? Right. Well, and, and when you take these 10 commandments and into consideration and into contact, that's what it is. Just do the things, right? Yeah. Uh, here are the 10 things that will keep you, healthy and happy and moving forward and growing do them <laughs> yeah uh, and and i think the the injustice that we give these in american christianity is well we want to put these 10 commandments up on everything and have them visible almost as if they're a novelty not something we're actually supposed to do we just yeah. want to see them and claim them but right. we really don't want to do them or we want other people to do them. We want other people to, we want to use them and point to them and say, you do these, not yeah. me, you. <laughs> Man, that, and, and that, there's a temptation there. There's a temptation in all of these, but I think that's what misusing God's name is in all of these ways, right? Like, Absolutely. Just, um, failure to grow, failure to, to um, sometimes overcomplicating things, all those things, we fall into mm-hmm. those traps. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you, do you want to read 12 through... 12 to 15? Yeah. Keep the Sabbath day and treat it as holy, exactly as the Lord your God commanded. Six days you may work and do all your tasks, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
do not do any work on it. Not you, your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, your oxen, oxen or donkeys, or any of your animals, or the immigrants who are living among you, so that your male and female servants can rest like you. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outreached arm. That's why the Lord your God commands you to keep the Sabbath day. Well, this is interesting. It is. Because. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say it's interesting because you talk about overcomplicating things. The Sabbath day is something we as people overcomplicate, and pastors are the worst. I can't tell you how many rooms I've sat in with pastors doing Sabbath retreats, and they have somebody come in and they're like, don't just take a day off. And they're like, but can I mow the lawn? Just take it. Just take a day off. Well, can I make my bet? Just take a damn day off. Whatever that means to you, take it off. <laughs> it would just make it harder than it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's harder to do than, than what it seems like. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, to, like I've been, I've been trying to do it. So I, um, when we were touring through Kansas City, we, we um, made some friends and we, we stayed with them. And they were Seventh-day Adventists. So they had church on Saturday. Mm -hmm and they practiced sabbath on saturday and so and they were young they were younger than us and and they were super cool and they but they were very so what they did was and it was it was it was very cool they would cook everything right like like the the night before and so it was sun up on saturday right until sun until sun up on on sunday on sunday okay and and so that was the Sabbath. So they would stay up, like, and they would like cook, and they would get all the stuff ready for Saturday, and they would basically like have a party, mm -hmm. and and everyone was hanging out, and everyone was cooking, and everyone was getting ready and working, and all this stuff. And then, or I guess that was well, that was Friday night, right? That was okay. Friday. They would stay up, and they would do all that, and then Saturday morning would come, and we all went to church, and then after church. Like we went over to like some, everyone went over a bunch of these, these kids went over to someone's house and they, you know, like basically had a big party mm. and they just hung out and they already had all the food cooked. They already had, you know, they didn't go to the store. They didn't, they had done all the stuff the night before. So it was all ready. So they, they celebrated together cooking and doing all the stuff. And then they celebrated together eating and like, you know, I mean, there was college football on, there was like, it was super cool. It was yeah. super cool, and it was it was very fun and celebratory, and everyone was like um, participating, and it was just a really restful, right? No mm -hmm. one, you know, no one did anything, and then after, you know, it was like the next day, like they cleaned everything up and whatever, and they rotated yeah. whose house it was at, and oh, so they just awesome. left, yeah. just left everything, yeah, and so that was their way of, of really celebrating the Sabbath, mm -hmm. which which um, I've. I think is really cool. I like that. Um, I, I like that idea a lot, in fact, because uh, it brings it brings back in that tradition of sun up, sun down, right? Yeah. Uh, or sundown, you know. Um, but but there's something about doing it in community, about retreating and and celebrating the Sabbath in community that um, I really really like. Let's do this yeah. together and and let it be a celebration, right? Um, and you're partying every every week. Like you're right. just having a party every week. And no right. one was like obviously no one was like you know doing keg stands or 
you know, like crazy, like crazy, like it wasn't like a frat party, but it was, we, we were drinking beers and yeah. watching football and, you know, hanging out and just, and they did that every week together. Mm-hmm. Like what, what difference would that make in our lives if we found a way to, to do that? And it was on mm-hmm. a Saturday. So then they had Sunday to get ready for work. Right. And do all the stuff that they needed to do to get ready for the week. Right. You know, once they woke up on Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just the, I always, I always tell people about Sabbath. It's the, it's the intentionality, right? That we're going to take time to, to rest, to recharge um, and whatever that is for you. And, and for me being a people person, that's what I want to do. Resting and recharging for me is going and sitting and eating and, and, having a beer with somebody, right? Yeah. Uh, or just spending time with people, not having to worry about anything else, just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Uh, and I love the idea of doing it in community. Find, find people that will celebrate with you uh, and make it work for you. Watch some college football, whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. We could do that on Sunday. We could do the same thing, right, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, we wanted. I've been trying to take Sabbath on Mondays, and I've been doing actually pretty well, the best I've ever done in my life on it. And, and I stay off of social media, which has been like, for, so from like sundown on Sunday until sundown, I do it sundown to sundown. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I do it sundown to sundown. And so that, so that, you know, if I need to post or share stuff, you know, I can do that right. um, on both days, like pretty easily. But so from sundown on Sunday until sundown on, on Monday, I just, I try to stay off social media. Mm -hmm. I try to, you know, I try to do like some fun things, right? For, to rest and relax, but it would be cool to do it on Sunday. Like if you found people to do that with, I don't Mm know, you know, that, and just, you just have a party with with the NFL on now. Mm -hmm. Like you you could do a lot of stuff, I think. um, And and kind of celebrate. I think it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I like that. I like that. Um, what's interesting to me about this is that they're wandering around. This commandment kind of gives them hope, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're they they were slaves, and then God is saying, um, also any resident alien in your towns, but they don't have towns right now, mm-hmm. so that your male and female slaves may rest as well as you. So basically, God is telling them, well, you're right now. The people first hearing these commandments are hearing okay, we're going to have a town, we're going to have people like working for us, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It's weird that they were slaves, and that that wasn't okay, and they needed to be free, but then they're going to have slaves, like that, like God refers to that, like I set you free from slavery, but now these other people are going to be your slaves, like that's, that's weird, that's weird to me. It is, but it sets up a precedent that, you know, if this is the culture and the time, and and what you're going to do, yeah. Offer the same thing I'm offering you, right? You give them a break because you just came out of this thing where you didn't have a break and right. it's not great. Right. Um, right. and so don't, don't do the thing that you just came out of. Right. Don't yeah. be, um, don't be that guy. And, and, and I think that that's how God works with us mm-hmm. is that God works step-by-step, step, right? God's not going to be like slavery is immoral. <laughs> right. Like but that's all they've known. And that's all that's how every economy works. That's how everything right is, is going on. So so instead of saying don't have slaves, you know, which is a big departure from where they are, God takes them one step further and says, Okay, we're gonna treat our slaves differently. Mm-hmm. Right? We're gonna treat our slaves better. 
And that's why sometimes going back to the Bible and, and, and applying the Bible exactly to our context today is, is problematic because like God, you could use this and say, well, God says slavery is okay. Right. But well, and it was used. Right? We can all agree. Right. What did you say? I said, and it was used, right? This was yeah. pointed to often. Hey, it's there. We're going right. to do it. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's not, I mean, I firmly believe that slavery is not okay. Right. And, and that's any kind of slavery, you know, the slavery that we have. Um, I, mean, I won't get into all of that, but, you know, corporate slavery and, and other, other things, the, the way that our system sets people up to have to be slaves to, to their jobs or um, to, to other things and to be um, mistreated in, in certain circumstances and things like that, or in sweatshops and other places or mm -hmm. you know, on and on and on. And um, I, I don't think that slavery is okay. I don't think the slavery that was talking about at this time was okay. I don't think this is justifying that, but I do think that God is saying, okay, like you're, you're going to treat your slaves differently. You're going to treat your slaves better. You're going to treat foreigners differently, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and you're going to treat them better mm -hmm. than the way that, that, that you've seen happen. And so we're going to be better than that. And so we have to start with where we are. We have to be honest about where we are. And then we have to take a step in the direction of, okay, like let's be better. And now I think we can, most of us can agree that slavery is wrong. Um, hopefully all of us can agree that slavery is wrong and immoral and that God isn't for slavery. But right. we have to look at what, how people are being controlled and how people are, are being um, put in situations or find themselves in situations that right. um, are, are difficult and, and find ways to, to set them free from that too. Mm -hmm. And set ourselves free. I mean, it all starts with us too. So, but that was interesting that God's like, remember you were slaves. <laughs> well, and, so, it, and I think that's the point, right? Remember you were slaves in Egypt uh, and I brought you out with a strong arm, but an outreached arm or strong hand yeah. and an outreached arm, right? Yeah, uh, mighty hand and an outstretched arm. I like that. I, I do like too. that. I've heard a, a velvet, a velvet um, fist, right? I've heard like where it's soft, but it's firm. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, uh, uh, when I was, there was a church I was a pastor in, somebody called me the Velvet Hammer. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. They're like, you hit us hard, but it's soft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think that it shows love and compassion and mercy, but it also shows, you know, strength and power. And, and we need both of those, both mm -hmm. of those things. Um, so, so, so far we have, you know, put God first. Don't use God's name in vain. Don't make any graven images because that's what that's what they were used to. So God God's changing a lot of the a lot of the dynamics here. God's making a lot of changes. Um, but but they're all like one step changes. And then remember the Sabbath thing, keep it holy. Um, take time to rest, live at live at a pace that's um, reasonable, that's healthy for you. Um, and then verse 16. I'll read verse 16 to the end. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you so your days may be long and it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, neither shall you commit adultery, neither shall you steal, neither shall you bear false witness against your neighbor, neither shall you covet your neighbor's wife, neither shall you covet your neighbor's house or field or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. That's the big ten. <laughs> it's and the big ten. Turned into I think nine hundred and nine hundred and oh, so many. 
38 or something rules. Um, but these were the, this is the beginning of it. <laughs> right. It is. And, and I love, I love that there's a really distinct transition here of like, here are these first three um, with an explanation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, because I think they're huge changes. Right. Um, and, and require the, here's why you know, here's the context of why I want you to do these things. Um, and then you get to honor your father and mother, which same, same as the others, you know, that was used in Sunday school of do what your parents say, you know, and if you don't, you're a terrible human being. And it's like, well, no, I'm six and I'm going to push back, uh, <laughs> you know, because uh, that's what kids do. But it's, it's so much more than that of honor your father and mother, because uh, we're living life together with them and everything that they have is going to be yours and you're going to continue that on, uh, which we don't have, you know, we don't have a lot of that today. You know, every now and then you have a family business that's passed down and, and you, you do those things, but it was so much bigger than just you grow up, you turn 18, you leave home, right? Uh, there, there's so much more, more than that. And then we get into, hey, don't kill people. Don't, don't do the adultery thing, don't steal. These are pretty self-explanatory, right? right? Pretty fundamental. <laughs> right. And, but, but I like how it says honor your father and your mother, right? And even in, because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of bad fathers and mothers out there. Right. You know, there's a lot, I, I, I you know, talk to a lot of people, hear a lot of horror stories. Um, there, there's a lot of people that have had very bad experiences with a father and or mother and it's difficult it's difficult to say well just do whatever they say or like that that abuse is okay and you're just supposed to take it and um i i don't think that that's right and i don't right. think that that's that's what this commandment is about i don't think that's what it's saying i think that i like the wording of honor you know mm -hmm. honor your your father and your mother um so that your days may be long and then it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Like, like learn from them, right? And sometimes we learn from negative things. Sometimes we learn from positive things. But I feel like what, what a lot of good parents want for their kids is to, to, to turn out better than them. Right. And we can all make improvements, right, on things that we learn from our parents, right mm -hmm. we can all make improvements we and and we're gonna mess some stuff up worse and we're gonna do some things better you know but we, we get to make new mistakes and i think that that's what a lot of what parents want for their kids is to to, right. to make different mistakes then, then they may learn from the stuff and then mess up in new ways and then your kids can learn you know from from that mm -hmm. if you you know if you have kids or other people you mentor or, or whatever right this I, this is a side note just contextually do you find it interesting that it says honor your father and mother oh yeah uh because yeah. often women aren't aren't spoken of um right. you know or named like like you said earlier you know six hundred thousand, right they were counting dudes uh exactly. and they weren't counting the women and and i don't know that's an interesting side note that caught my caught my attention and even with the sabbath it says your son or your daughter or your right. man or your female slave like it specifically points out mm -hmm. right females and how to treat so this is pretty progressive yeah the Ten Commandments are are you know pretty progressive in a lot of ways in a lot, in of, a ways. lot of ways it's moving everything forward right it's moving everything forward 
And that's a really good point. And then your father and your mother, um, later on, you know, it, it says at the end, right, you're, don't, don't desire, don't covet your neighbor's house or, or field or male or female slave, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, like it's very inclusive. Right. Very inclusive. Right. It, which, which was not common at the time at all. I think that's really, a really good observation. Yeah. I, I think what I find most fascinating about the Ten Commandments and the idea of them uh, is when you get into when you get into the New Testament and Jesus and, and there's this, well, what do we do, right? Are we doing these things that we were uh, told about uh, in the Ten Commandments and, and on, or are we doing this new thing? And Jesus always points back to this, not, not necessarily by name in the Ten Commandments, but to love your God uh, with all your mind, heart, and soul, and to love your neighbor in the same. And, and to me, that points right back to here, because that's what the Ten Commandments call us to do, to love God with yeah. everything that we have and to love people. Uh, it's how we treat one another and how we treat God. And, and, and that's cyclical to me. If you're going to love God, you're going to love people. And when you're loving people, you're loving God, right? Um, right. And, and to take care of yourself. Yes, and to take care of yourself, absolutely. Loving neighbor as yourself implies, right, that, that you love yourself. That you love yourself, right? Yeah. And sometimes that's harder than, than yeah. loving loving your neighbor but that's and that's the order right of the commandments it's like love god right so don't put other gods before god Mm -hmm. don't make you know idols or graven images you know um and then don't misuse god's name right because then people get a different idea of god and god doesn't have any more um power because you're 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 you take the power right Mm -hmm. because you you know, use God for your own end. So then now the power is with you instead of with God. And, and so those are about God. And then the Sabbath it transitions from being about God to about you, like take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Just like God took care of God's self, you take care of yourself. You're made in that image. But then, then right away, it extends to other people, right? Mm-hmm. So, take, so not only take care of yourself, but take care of your people. Like the people that are close to you, your friends, your family, your workers, your, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's how do we get along in community, right? you know, after that, like community works better. Cause remember there's a million people wandering around in the wilderness. Lots of bad stuff's happened. Right. Um, honor your father and your mother. Right. So, so honor them, give them honor, like make them proud. Mm-hmm. Right. Do not do what they want from you, you know, do what they want for you. Mm-hmm. um be, be be better um than 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 who you were or or you know learn from the mistakes of your parents i think learn you know from the good things you know too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you know that's going to give you perspective because remember all these things are passed down from generation to generation as we talked about before so right. you know we have to honor our the people we're learning these things from mm-hmm. and then then, you know, so society falls apart in this group of a million plus people who are now wandering around, but are going to be in towns and be in charge of people and in charge of economies and other things. Mm-hmm. In order for them to get along, now we need some ground rules, right? Don't, right. don't kill each other because that causes chaos and bad community relations. Don't commit adultery because that definitely causes problems in a community. Don't steal from each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't bear false, don't lie right don't lie about other people don't bear false witness don't gossip don't right all mm-hmm. those things and then don't want what other people have because that's 
causes that too, that jealousy, mm-hmm. right? Then because you want what they what they have, and then you compare yourself to them, and and then society starts to break down because oh, it's not fair, or this, or this, or that. Right. I I've never. I don't know that I've ever connected that through a line of, of yeah, you've got a ton of people, 600,000, a million, whatever, right? And and they're wandering, but eventually they're going to go into these towns. Uh, I love that connection of now they have this really consistent set of rules and laws so that one town over here is not doing one thing, another town over here is not doing anything, and they're not pointing the finger at one another of, well, we're doing it better than you. Here's the tip do these things and you'll live consistently throughout these things, uh, throughout these towns and you'll set up the land in which I've promised you in a way that will continue moving forward. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. I, I think there's something significant in remembering that this is a large group of people and not just a couple hundred, right? It's, right. it's significant. It's a whole culture of people, a whole society that they're moving uh, through this wilderness and here's what's going to keep them consistent and together in theory if they'll follow along yeah i think that's a really that's a really good point that now they have they have these commandments to you know to all rely on mm-hmm. and, and then they're going to have local rules and local things but these are these are the foundation of all of that yeah i was going to say we clearly get into the 900 and some odd that they they break off from this <laughs> Like how, you know, how many steps can you go on the Sabbath? And like, we, we overanalyze, you know, yeah. a lot of things. It's, it's um, like you a- talked about making things way too complicated. Uh, yeah. That's like the next four books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or trying to make everyone interpret these and practice in the same way that you do, right? Um, right. I, that's part of the issue too. Now, there's, there's a case to be made for the uniformity of these right. rules, but they can look a little bit different, right, in each way. Mm-hmm. You kind of have that 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 strong foundation, and then you have different ways that that's going to play out and live and, and live out in each in right. each context. I think that's cool. Yeah, I think God did a good job with these, <laughs> as if God gave my approval, <laughs> as if He needed your affirmation. <laughs> good job, God. <laughs> High five. <laughs> I love it. And, and so maybe we think about some of these things when we see the Ten Commandments, when we see you know. Um, see some of these things and and um, talk to people. It's it's a good it's a good conversation piece and to see where where are we in this and what do we struggle with and um, you know maybe you know hopefully it's not murder or you know but but the other things right and then Jesus takes this a step further right that if you hate your your brother you've already committed murder in your heart and if you look at someone lustfully you've committed adultery and. You know, Jesus takes this even right a step first. So these go step by step by step by step. But let's start with where we are. And and I think this is good. Do you have any closing thoughts about this? Well, I was gonna say, you know, we started with reality shows and things like that. If you don't wanna if you don't wanna look in the mirror and, and go through these things in your own life, start there. Start in reality shows and, yeah. and see where chaos begins to brew in the context of these 10 commandments in that reality show right um i i think it's pretty telling in uh, in the behavior of people of what creates good tv right uh it's opposite of these things <laughs> uh, and then and then when you get really personal and look at your own life and begin to answer these questions it does that very thing that that we talked about of here's where i've grown here's what i've understand and here's where i can admit maybe i messed up and uh, here's where I've grown from that.
Yeah, we, we should start a reality show called The Ten Commandments. And then we like throw, like, like we make them do stuff on Sundays or whatever. <laughs> like we try to tempt them to like, well, you know, if you do this, you can have this pie or whatever. Right. And then, Right. Um, it could be a good show, or, or like give give advantages to certain people and to make other people jealous, or give right. them other stuff. Or I mean, you can see that it kind of happens in in some of these shows. In Big Brother, right? Like some right. of these things happen, and you can. But if we made a reality show where you can't break any of the commandments, but there's these temptations, right? Like, like ten thousand dollars if you you know <laughs> whatever. I dig it. Let's let's <laughs> <laughs> let's talk to our producer about that's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you guys for listening, everybody. And thank you, Zach, for, uh, for having this good conversation, man. Of course. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, you guys take care. And um, if, if anybody has any thoughts, we'll talk about this on Wednesday uh, at 7 p.m. Um, Mountain Time um, with our Facebook, with our Facebook uh, watch party. And, if, and we're going to do open mics. So if anybody wants to participate in open mic on a Wednesday um, around eight, uh, hit us up. It'll be virtual. So if you record it onto Facebook, then we'll play it and we'll promote your page or your, or your so Thank you guys. I just can't wait to get on the road again. Life I love is making music with my friends. And I can't wait to get on the road again. On the road again. Going places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again Like a band of gypsies we go down the highway We're the best of friends Insisting that the world keep turning our way And our way is on the road again I just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends And I can't wait to get on the road again